Welcome to the UC Berkeley Data Science Education Podcast. We're happy you're listening in today. In this space, you'll hear from a variety of distinguished data science educators and professionals. The individuals we'll speak with are diverse in experience and perspective, but share the common goal of shaping the future of data science education. Our idea is to have some informal conversations with the goal of creating community and let people hear from practitioners in this growing new field. My name is Eric Van Dusen from Data Science Undergraduate Studies in the Division of Computing, Data Science, and Society at UC Berkeley, and I'll be leading our conversation today. And my name is Kalechi Nebadam, also from Data Science Undergraduate Studies. I'm working as an intern with the division's external pedagogy team, and I'll be helping out today too. Hey everybody, today we have Mario Bonuelos from CSU Fresno. And Mario, could you give us a brief introduction to yourself and what you've been working on? Yeah, so um, my name is Mario and I'm a son of an immigrant and a farm worker. I'm from Delano, California. And I got my bachelor's in mathematics at Fresno State, my teaching credential in math at CSU Bakersfield, and then my applied math PhD at the University of California Merced. Currently, my group is working on recommendation systems, uh, approaches to uh, apply to genomic interactions, so trying to find out which groups of mutations are responsible for a phenotypic change. So that's one big uh, project. The other project is creating a model to describe how valley fever spreads in California so that the idea of fungal pathogens and how they spread is, is kind of understudied. And so I have a couple students working on those, uh, on that kind of data set and looking at how environmental factors affect the spread of this endemic disease because it's the symptoms are very similar to like COVID and, and having a flu, but uh, it's, it's understudied because it's, it's endemic to like, the Central Valley. So uh, those are the main, main areas of research. Awesome. Thank you. That's super interesting. Um, so you teach a mathematical modeling class at Fresno State. Um, do you bring data science into that class? Yeah, for sure. So I teach both an undergraduate and a graduate version of this course. So in the undergraduate, uh, there's, I introduce data, a data ethics framework something that they may have not seen in any of the other math or stats classes. And then we also do data visualization in Jupyter Notebooks, and we do an introduction to natural language processing with, with Markov chains and text generation. For the graduate course, we also delve into recommendation systems and deep learning, so introduction to, to neural networks and first principles of, of those things. Wow, cool. Um, as a, a math educator, how do you see like these data science approaches changing how we teach math at a university? Yeah, so for applied math, the shift, definitely you can see that it's shifting more into using the computer to inform your decisions on, you know, what, what does this model mean in this, in a real world context? But for math in general, I think data science education bridges this gap between the data that affects our lives and the calculations or the more theoretical 
understandings of these concepts. So I, I think there's a shift of wanting us to use what we learn for improving our society and our job as educators is really to illustrate how math fits in that. Yeah, and, and just sort of a side follow-up question, you know, when I talked to you in the summer, you were sort of interested in like, how do we bring social context into a math class? Yeah, so I think part of that is having students understand that the data affects people and the models that you create are going to have effects on those people. So having them share their experiences with the kind of applications you're considering, I think really helps humanize what kind of decisions or models you're going to employ. And I find the most buy-in when I use data that that the students care about and issues that they care about. Nice, for sure. You also teach in biostatistics. So do you want us to tell about like incorporating sort of computing and math data science into the, the biology side? Yeah, so my training is as an applied mathematician and I apply most of my math to uh, biology. And so in, in the biostats course, we incorporate R in our studio into a once once a week lab for that course and so part of the conversation I have to have with students is getting the buy-in on why we need to do this and I tell them you know no one analyzes these large data sets by hand that's impractical and so uh, they get introduced to to that in the computational sense but they also get introduced just like the other undergrad class to data ethics and a framework to talk about what are ethically significant challenges that or advantages that could happen in this in this data or in this model. So I'll also share that for one of their assessments, since they don't have exams in my courses, they have to incorporate local health data and recreate some of the figures on the county health dashboards. That's really cool. I want to take a quick pivot back to your research. Um, you have a research group and that group actually employs undergraduate students at Fresno State. So I wanted to know why it's important for undergraduate students to get that hands-on experience in research. Yeah, for, for students that are thinking about going to graduate school, that, that experience is, is pretty essential. Um, but they also have the opportunity to share their work with other mathematicians or data scientists or engineers by going to conferences, something that they may not know could have been possible because the majority of students at Fresno State are first-generation college students. And so I'm, I'm a first-generation college student and I didn't know what research entailed. I just knew that I could get paid to do some math and so that's, that's what I did and, and now I try to demystify what that means at, at the campus. And it also opens up job prospects to them. Like there, these are other opportunities you can pursue if you have some of this training that goes beyond the classroom. And then the last thing I would say is beyond the research, I try to model what it would be like to have a conversation with the future advisor. So we have a pre-meeting on what the expectations are for the research group. We co-develop a mentor-mentee agreement so that the expectations from them and, and from me are clearly communicated. So I think it just builds those skills up. That's really great. 
If you were to develop a new course within undergraduate data science, what would it be and why? So this kind of ties back to what we were talking about earlier. And I think it's going to have to be data science for our community. That's that's the working title uh, where we would directly interact with community members, partners to assess how we can use computation, mathematics and data science to address or highlight a societal concern. And another aspect of that would be to integrate some ethnic studies principles with talks by other professors to understand the context of the data we are analyzing, because a lot of the times people do this in a vacuum and they don't have the, the societal context. So having experts in those fields come in would be super valuable and then communicating those results to the community. So there's a precedent for these kinds of classes. They're called cures. Um, so it would be s similar in spirit. And as I continue my own work, I'm shifting more towards doing that, doing some data science for the community and, and for social good. Yeah, I feel like data science is a really useful tool to helping solve community problems. Before we started recording this podcast, you actually mentioned that you were helping develop some data science coursework out in Egypt. So would you mind telling us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so the that partnership is with an organization called 21P STEM, and it's under the STESA project. So in, in that project, we are building STEM courses for a few undergraduate uh, universities in Egypt, and it's really uh, an active learning kind of framework. And so I'm, I'm in charge in developing some, some data science courses for that. So I've done a couple um, intro like part one and part two of data science. And now I'm working on one that is data science and policy making and modeling and policy making. So that has been a super valuable experience. And it's a collaboration between uh, a few campuses, um, but it's led by this, this nonprofit 21 piece Standard. That sounds super interesting. Would you mind telling us a bit more about any national networks of instructors that you're involved in? So I would say the, the most recent one would have to be um, this partnership with the University of Chicago and data.org. And it's called the Capacity Accelerator Network. And so there's seven campuses total um, that are working with the University of Chicago and data.org to develop a, a playbook on how to engage community partners in data science curriculum. And so I, I really think this is a supportive group because we have universities from, from all over um, and HBCUs represented, HSI is represented. So I think those perspectives are gonna add a lot to how to address systemic issues of inequity um, and support those those ideas with with some data science models. Yeah, nice. So to end off this interview, we like to ask this question to everybody. Um, so do you have any parting thoughts or words of wisdom for data science educators around the world? For sure, that would be to engage your students by inviting them to incorporate their lived experiences into the problems you're solving. Because with my identities, I still have a narrow perspective and we all benefit from creating space where other identities can add important ways to view a problem. Um, so with this in mind, I would also challenge 
educators to ask themselves a couple questions like, how is racism operating in my classroom and how can I de deconstruct that? Or how does access, for example, books, software, et cetera, play a role in my class? Um, and then lastly, I would, uh, it would be to have students practice communicate, communicating their results to people other than their professors and their peers. Uh, so thinking about the current content they learn, what would it look like if they were to communicate those results to their family, to their friends and community? So if we're trying to make this world better, uh, then we gotta communicate, support each other and advocate for the marginalized and historically excluded. That's great, thank you for coming on. Awesome, thank you, so inspiring. Yeah, for sure, gracias for having me. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you're interested in learning more about data science education resources, Please subscribe to our Substack to get notified when we release any future podcasts. And join our community Slack channel through the link provided in this episode's description. Thank you.